no matter what country you're from, Republican, conservative, libertarian, somewhere in between, everyone loves sports, everyone watches sports. And when I remember, was it four or five years ago, LeBron James rode a bike to practice or something that was picked mm -hmm. up by every major news outlet, ESPN, it was all over social media. Imagine if professional athletes start taking small actions and working with nonprofits and brands that align with their values and sharing that via their social platform. Beach volleyball is a relatively small sport, but if you get basketball players, soccer players, football players, baseball players, and give them a roadmap to take action, it's just a way to basically align your career with your values, yeah. scale impact, and build connections that can help you once you transition out of your career eventually. Jeremy K. Spear, a very strong kickoff guest for season two of Bucketless Careers. Yeah, we did it. Hi there, I'm Crystal Laurie. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. And if you've been with me since season one, thank you for being a loyal listener and coming back for more as we embark on the next chapter, continuing to talk about cool careers and journeys to finding professional purpose. How did my guests take the space to tap into the mindset to achieve their dream jobs? And what are some tangible takeaways from each story to help you build your runway? So yeah, Jeremy K. Spear, he's 6'5". He's a pro beach globetrotting volleyball champion from Santa Barbara, California. He's married to a Brazilian beach volleyball star. They spend half the year living and training in Rio, and they're actually the only two in the world able to compete in pro tours in both the U.S. and Brazil. But at the top of his game, at the height of his powers, in 2019, Jeremy won his first AVP tournament then. He had his aha moment which he details for me in this episode. And then what he did with his time in the pandemic lockdown, a reset for so many of us, right? Set him on a path to combining beach volleyball with work he feels has a larger impact and purpose. In this episode, Jeremy walks us through how he's used his platform as a professional athlete to become a worldwide sponsored ambassador for sustainability. Let's listen, I know you'll enjoy. Hey, Jeremy, very pumped to have you on the show. Thanks for taking some time away from training and podcasting and all the good stuff you're doing to bring sustainability into sports. I love it. Yeah, thank you for having me, Chris. I'm looking forward to it. So, you know, we plan to dive into how you decided to make the life change to become a climate responsible athlete and what that means exactly, because there may be some people that aren't 100% sure, but I want to begin with your earlier years, why you decided to go into professional beach volleyball, what lit you up about it then, talk about the transitions and pivots and what your mindset was behind all of it. So a very cool dream gig, obviously, that you've been able to achieve for yourself. You grew up in Santa Barbara, California, and I know you first played at the famed East Beach. Yeah. So awesome. So why don't you walk us through it from there? Sure. So I grew up in Santa Barbara, played a bunch of sports growing up and then found volleyball and just fell in love with it. I was always more drawn to beach volleyball versus indoor because obviously you get to hang out at the beach versus spend all your time in the gym. Yes. Obvious benefit. <laughs> yeah. But I played both growing up and ended up playing beach volleyball at UCLA. And I was studying environmental studies, had a teacher in high school who really opened my eyes to some of the issues and some of the solutions. Yeah, when I was graduating, I was considering a job consulting or maybe working in economic development or maybe Peace Corps. And I stole a friend's book that his mom gave him from graduation. Yeah. The Defining Decade. And it basically talked about 
the value of life experiences and social capital mm-hmm. and how she was very successful, had perfect SAT scores, perfect grades in college, but all the people she was interviewing for were asking her about this summer job she had driving around campers in the woods and how life experiences <laughs> can be more valuable in shape and kind of guide you. And I was like, well, I have this opportunity. I've been playing volleyball my whole life. I could continue playing professionally on the beach yeah. and travel quite a bit doing it. Figured I could always come back to a desk job later in life. So that's what I decided to do. And in my first six months or so, I got to play professionally on the AVP tour here in the US and then got to play on the professional tours in Australia and New Zealand and then traveled to Bali, Turkey, Israel, and I was pretty much hooked. So incredible. I mean, a lot of people would stop and say, whoa, what you're doing right now is enough, right? And what you're doing wouldn't necessarily justify a pivot like the one that you've achieved. You won in 2019 your first AVP tournament in Seattle, but you told me somehow even with that, you know, victorious milestone, something was somewhat missing. Like you had this desire to have a larger impact and purpose, even at a high moment in your career. So what do you think that says about it? Yeah, well, I've volleyball has been a massive part of my life trajectory and the community I've built and friends I've made. Yeah. Even when I was getting into beach volleyball after graduating from UCLA, I was very aware that there's no there's jump serving, which is my best skill in volleyball, it doesn't really translate well to a resume. And there's no 401k <laughs> for professional athletes. And beach volleyball yeah. isn't the same as playing basketball or football professionally. So there's no guaranteed easy transition out of it. So I was very aware of that. And I was also aware that volleyball in and of itself wouldn't be fulfilling, that I wanted to incorporate my interest in the environment and social environmental impact while I was playing to develop the skill sets, build my network, and eventually transition. And as you mentioned, when I won my first tournament in 2019, I had all my friends and family there. I had a big barbecue after. And literally, I've been working to that point for 15, 20 years of my life, finally won my first professional tournament. And it was amazing. But an hour or two later, it just kind of felt a little bit hollow. Wow. You know, I could win dozens more and that probably wouldn't change. Nothing's going to be better than that very first win. So, And you can't ignore a cue like that, yeah, right? exactly. So I just realized that if this first win isn't what I expected, then there has to be something more. And I want to use my time and platform as an athlete to start to connect the dots and see how I can bring social and environmental impact into sport and raise awareness of the work that great organizations and people are doing. So after that realization, is that the point at which you went back to get your certificate of sustainability at UCLA? It was, I've kind of always been aware that I want to gain experience and connect the dots. So it's been a long and kind of meandering process. Yeah, it's not always linear, right? No, mine is very much not linear. (laughs) My first year after graduating from UCLA, I had an experience working in, I live in Hermosa Beach and saw the community come out against a proposed drilling project and basically neighbors, schools, PTAs all banded together and defeated a local drilling project that was literally a block away from where I was living at the time, a block away from the park where I take my five-year-old son now and from the schools. And that community action just kind of opened my eyes that people can come together and have real collective impact. So that and a few other experiences made me want to learn more saw what Jack Johnson was doing, I think, six or seven years ago at one of his concerts. He had no single-use plastic, was sourcing food locally, mm-hmm. was using biodiesel generators. I'm like, oh, this is amazing. This is how you run an event sustainably. And beach volleyball is right. all pop-up events, the tournaments and beaches we go to. So I went to the AVP tour and I was like, this is amazing. We should be trying to do this. And they said, we love it, but how much is it going to cost and who's going to run it? 
I said, I'm not sure. Yeah. So I went back to UCLA to get a certificate of sustainability. And basically that opened up even more questions. But the three questions I've been focused on is what is my impact? What can I do about it? And how can I scale positive outcomes and solutions? And how did the pandemic play into this and shake up your mindset? I mean, many of my guests have had some type of awakening or a shift in perspective that in most cases was useful for them aligning their work to their purpose. So how would you say the pandemic affected you in that regard? I would say it was brutal in plenty of ways, just like tons of people were negatively affected. But at the time right before the pandemic, I was going back to school at UCLA to get the certificate of sustainability. I was coaching the women's speech volleyball team at UCLA, and I was also training myself, getting ready for the AVP season. So my wheels were just spinning. I was doing all things I wanted to do, but I wasn't really doing any of them to the level I wanted to. And I wasn't pursuing, I wasn't, didn't have the time or bandwidth to really connect the dots on how I can have an impact in sport. So basically overnight with the pandemic, everything stopped. And I had a lot of time to talk to people doing strong work in sport and sustainability, a bunch of nonprofits. And that's when everything kind of started to come together. Like what kind of nonprofits? And how did you know to do that? Was that through the program at UCLA or you sort of new step one, because I always think, you know, when listeners are paying attention to this and thinking, well, where do I begin? And that was basically my first question is like, what is my impact? So I did a lot of work to understand individual impacts, whether it's your diet, your travel, the small choices we make every day and the purchases we make, the brands we support, and then what can I do about it? And realize that nonprofits do amazing work on the front lines, but a lot of them don't have large budgets and can't create content, can't pay other brands or influencers or athletes to work with them. So I said, okay, well, there's plenty of nonprofits that need help promoting the work they're doing and getting the word out. Uh, Who can I work with that aligns with my values? So I became an ambassador for Parley for the Oceans, which is working around single-use plastic and basically protecting our oceans. And then also the Forest Stewardship Council, which is all about sustainable management of our forests and incorporating transparent action. So when you purchase from different brands, you know that the paper products used in their uh, supply chain are responsibly managed. Right. All those little things that we don't always pay attention to. You've said that we won't be able to avoid climate catastrophes only through the work of hardcore environmentalists. And I think this is somewhat what you're saying to me here is that we need to bring people together from all walks of life and take action. And sports can help do this like nothing else. I think that's very powerful and true. Sports really has an enormous impact on people. And you have the platform as a pro athlete. So tell me how your podcast, which I know is fairly new, and your goals with that show align with that concept of using sports as a platform. Yeah. In spring of this year, 2021, I started the podcast called Our Impact, which is basically working to answer those same three questions. I had tons of conversations with other athletes, with people in the volleyball community, with brands, and it seemed that those questions were really applicable and people didn't really know where to begin, what resources, what organizations to support. Mm. So basically the questions are, what is our impact? What can we do about it? And how can we help scale positive outcomes and solutions? Right. So I've been fortunate to connect with some amazing people from the founder of Climate Neutral, B-Lab and B-Corps, founders of Goyaki, a social enterprise, and a number of other nonprofits, and basically learning from their experience and sharing the work that they're doing. Yeah. I think that athletes in sport are one of the greatest unifiers, you know? 100%. No matter what country you're from, Republican, conservative, libertarian, somewhere in between, everyone loves sports, everyone watches sports, and when I remember, what's that? four or five years ago, LeBron James rode a bike to practice or something. And it was picked mm-hmm. up by 
every major news outlet, ESPN, is all over social media. Imagine if professional athletes start taking small actions and working with nonprofits and brands that align with their values and sharing that via their social platform. Beach volleyball is a relatively small sport, but if you get basketball players, soccer players, football players, baseball players, and give them a roadmap to take action, take individual action, show them how to choose brands that are taking transparent action, have third-party certifications like B Corp, 1% for the planet, climate neutral. It's just a way to basically align your career with your values, yeah. scale impact, and build connections that can help you once you transition out of your career eventually. You spend half of the year in Rio de Janeiro with your family. Your wife is from Brazil, and you also compete on the Brazilian Pro Tour in the off-season. Like being in different parts of the globe like that, I would imagine that does something to your perspective. Do you feel that fuels your sustainability goals, having that global view, and also seeing what another culture does in terms of sustainability versus Americans? Yeah, absolutely. Brazil and specifically Rio de Janeiro is a pretty incredible city. I've never been. I'd love to go. Oh. I feel very fortunate to get to spend so much time there. And I can go to practice in the morning in Ipanema, one of the most beautiful beaches, have lunch and then go take my son to literally like a 10 minute walk from our house to the local waterfall in the Atlantic rainforest. So oh, that sounds amazing. How old is he again? He's so cute. He's five. Yeah, I just started kindergarten. <laughs> Thank you. But it's also one of the cities with the most clear inequalities. We have some absurdly wealthy people walking down the street in Ipanema or Leblon. Mm. And then you have favelas right there, people that are just trying to survive. So it's just made it really clear that there's opportunities left and right to help organizations and brands and people doing good work, but just trying to highlight what those solutions are and how people can get involved. What can you leave us in terms of tips for building your dream job, key advice for our listeners on achieving your purpose career-wise? Because I do believe that we each have a professional purpose. For me personally, what has been helpful is exploring different interests. My interest as a professional beach volleyball player with my interest for being outside, with my interest in business, yeah. and then creating content and telling stories are all starting to come together. And I'm still learning more every single day. But I think when you combine multiple interests and take the time to learn about them and go deep in a few areas and then combine them is where you carve out a niche for yourself in the skill sets and your personal brand and your abilities. So that's what... Yeah, even your photography, right? Like, didn't yeah. you incorporate that recently? Or I'm, I don't know how long you've been taking pictures. Yeah. But you're using that probably to help spread your message with your brands, right? Yeah. I mean, it literally just started out because I've never really been artistic as an athlete. Like, I think I've drawn maybe a few hours in my life. I'm terrible. <laughs> I can't even draw a hangman. I'm telling you right now. No one's worse. <laughs> yeah. I picked up a camera a few years ago that Buddy lent me. And then I ended up buying my own, taking it everywhere with me and just documenting my travel and mainly my son. But I learned the basics. And now that's kind of a core component of how I work with brands. Yeah. I understand photography decently well. I have friends that shoot video uh, photos. So I produce professionally done content for all the brands I've been working with and do product launches or announce certifications that they're earning. And it's been a really fun creative outlet, something that I've never really done until my late 20s, basically. Where do you see your endeavors and your pursuits in this area in five, 10 years? Oh, good question. Uh, no, be... <laughs> not to stump you. <laughs> and it's okay not to have a full answer. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I mean, I would love to just kind of continue building on what I'm doing right now, work in the world of sports, help athletes understand what their impact is and what they can do about it and tell meaningful stories. So maybe working with content in some way, like a production company and 
some short form narrative. You're not retiring from volleyball anytime no, soon, right? Not yet. Uh, <laughs> beach volleyball good. players can play into their 40s because it's pretty low impact on sand. So oh. as long as I'm enjoying it and I'm improving and I'm competitive, I will definitely keep playing. I have no doubt. I love this conversation. Where can people learn more about what you're doing, Jeremy, and follow you? Yeah, you can check out the podcast on Spotify or Apple. It's Our Impact. I'm also active on LinkedIn, Jeremy K. Spear, and Instagram at jeremy.kspear. Oh, you're also a believe.com? Yes. As am I. So we'll put yes. that in there. This was great. I really enjoyed having you on the show. Thanks so much. Keep doing the good stuff you're doing. So much more to come for you here as we launch season two of Bucket List Careers. Lots of amazing guests lined up. I also have this tiny request. And it's interesting because we can do this experiment together and see if it really works. Because I was reading about growing your show organically, which is what we've been doing, not pumping a lot of advertising dollars in and clearly not a celebrity. Independent podcaster here. So the experiment is if each of you, my loyal listeners were to tell a friend about Bucketless Careers, what would happen? What would we see in the analytics? So let's try it. Let's actually see if there's a big bump overnight, because I certainly wouldn't mind that. <laughs> While I enjoy the steady growth, it would be cool to see that. So thank you in advance if you choose to do it. And if this episode spoke to you, share it with a friend. We'll be back with more Bucketless Careers next week. Thanks again, guys. Be well. An ironic media production. Visit us at ironicmedia.com.